Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome to the penultimate episode of the series of Friends of Friends. My name's P. Allison, here's Dave Cribb. Hoy, hoy, hoy. Somebody tweeted us to say, I forgot you guys did serieses because you've basically <laughs> been on for the whole of lockdown. And we have been, haven't we? This has been our, like, we haven't done equal numbers of episodes in series before, have we? So it'll be a whole six months by the time that we have finished this series without a single week off, which normally in previous series, we've had to have a spontaneous week off because, I don't know, one of us has forgotten that we're going out for dinner or something. (laughs) But no, we've actually been consistent this time. Completely. It's almost like we had nothing else to do. (laughs) Uh, and we're not even going to be away for that long, are we? We're going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to sort nah, our we'll be back soon. sort our ducks out. No, get our ducks in a row. That's the phrase. Not sort, sort our, ducks, our out. ducks out, and then we'll be back. And then we'll be back. And we're going to do another quiz, aren't we? we haven't done that for a while either. Yes. So just keep an eye on the old Instagram FWF Pod. Follow us on there, and you'll know when we'll be back. And like we said, it's really not going to be that long. Uh, I feel like we start every episode of Fwuff these days, Pete, with a minor apology, but... Fwuff, I like that. Yeah, do you not call it Fwuff? Well, when I type FWF, I, um, in my head it's FWF. Really? Yeah, why do you, is, is, do you say Fwuff? Yeah, I've been calling it Fwuff for years. Oh. We'll all call it Fwuff from now on. Do you think people that listen to Friends with Friends should be called Fwuffers? Fwuffers. <laughs> 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 Welcome to our fwuffers. It only took nearly four whole series, but I think we've just named podcast listers something. Absolutely thrilled with that, to be honest. It's a great name as well, isn't it? Yeah. Let's get fwuffed. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, another fwuff apology, because not only has someone had to bump the message, they've had to bump their bump. Yeah, I mean, we're we're really taking the piss there, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So, Nick, we apologise wholeheartedly because you requested this back at the start of April. It fell through the the fwuff cracks. (laughs) (laughs) And then we told people to re-bump and you've re-bumped your bump and it's been an... I'd say it's been a, a request-based mess for you, Nick. And it's, but... it's come back up out of the fluff crack. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's here. It's re-emerged. And it's an early one, Pete. Season one, would you believe? Season one, episode nine. 
The one where underdog gets away. Um, the synopsis for this, Pete, on Wikipedia is long. Uh, shall I do that thing where I boil it down? Yeah, do you want to do your own one? Okay, I'll do my own one. Um, Rachel wants to go on holiday with her family, but she can't afford it. Um, it's Thanksgiving, and they all ask for Monica to make them specific types of potatoes. Uh, Ross feels weird about the fact that Susan's talking to the baby while it's still in Carol's stomach. Yep. Uh, and Joey becomes the face of a STI campaign. Very good, boiling down that, mate. Thank you. Um, where do you want to start then? Well, I feel like there's basically two plots. The the Ross and his baby plot is like a sort of mini side plot, so we should probably start there. Yeah, okay. And then the rest of the episode is basically all of them and Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes. So should we start with Ross talking to his baby? Yes. So it it, it comes out of a competition with Susan, doesn't it? The yeah. whole ex versus uh, current partner thing. I do feel for Ross because I was thinking there's there's a strange vibe about this baby pregnancy isn't there in the sense that if you imagine susan was another man and carol had left ross for another man ross would very justifiably be very uneasy with this other man basically being like yeah me and carol are chatting to the baby we're bringing up the baby do you know what i mean well, like I our baby as it were susan who who I do like. I do like Susan. Susan's and there's great. actually a really lovely moment in this plot where they're all actually sort of getting along and having a laugh, aren't they, yeah. at the end? Um, but it's a bit unreasonable of Susan to have too much of an issue with Ross, given yes. Carol left Ross for her and it's carrying she will his be baby. raising the baby. Yeah, So I, I feel like... If, if Susan has... She has a touch of beef with Ross, doesn't mm. she? She does, and she keeps Ross very much at arm's length, and she sort of keeps him in his place, doesn't she, across the seasons. Yeah. And I, I, do, I have written in my notes the following line, bloody love Susan, me. Yeah, she's great. she's a really great character. But I do feel like she not oversteps the mark, but she's she's not that sensitive towards Ross, is she? No considering the fact that he is both heartbroken and expecting a child with his ex, who is now ostensibly being brought up with her new lover. But eventually with Susan, you do kind of get the impression that it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek rivalry with Ross, and they have right. that nice moment at the wedding as well, don't they? Like, yeah. I, I think uh, overall they're fine. No, I do I do agree. And I think Susan's an excellent character. And I think this whole dynamic, you know, straight away from the start, where Ross is... So Ross comes round to Carol and Susan's. He's looking for the skull he lent Carol for a uh, lesson at school or something and he's looking around for the skull in the apartment and he says you guys sure have a lot of books about being a lesbian and <laughs> Susan goes well you have to take a course otherwise they don't <laughs> let you do it <laughs> which is genuinely great isn't Carol and Susan's apartment hideous though it's oh, like um, awful. it's like a 60s living room crossed with a kid's playroom yeah isn't it it's not you wouldn't be thrilled living there would you a lot going on there um, and then Ross discovers basically very quickly that Susan's been reading a book to the baby and he's livid, obviously because of the aforementioned situational problem, but also because Ross. <laughs> of course he's livid. I would think that Ross would be quite happy with the idea of somebody um, doing something quite intellectual with his unborn child. His instincts are completely always overridden by jealousy, aren't they? Yes, like, that's, that's true. His, his, his sort of primary driving factor is being jealous of stuff. Um, and especially of Susan in the Carol situation. Shout out to new Carol, though. 
Yes. Is this the first time we've seen New yeah, Carol? First appearance of New... Oh, maybe. Let's not call her New Carol. Let's call her Classic Carol. Hang on. Context for anyone that hasn't clocked that there's another Carol. Two Carols. There is an early different Carol. It's like Christmas. So many Carols. The problem is with old Carol is I feel so bad for the actor that played old Carol. Well, Carol ages about 15 years, doesn't she? What? Oh, do you think? Oh, what? Do you think first Carol is, looks older? I've, nev- I've genuinely never thought about it. Oh, I think old Carol looks much younger. Really? Which is a confusing sentence. So you think old Carol looks much... And you think Carol ages like 15 years? Stop saying Carol. Um, <laughs> I've said Carol so many times. So I think the first person that they have as Carol looks much younger than the person who we will then go on to recognise as Carol. Okay, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think that's fair. We've said Carol and Ben a lot. I've said Carol so much. So the early Carol is just from the sonogram. Yes. And various other little bits and bobs. The the name Carol has just lost all meaning. <laughs> Tartlets. Tartlets. <laughs> Tartlets. I feel continuously sorry for old Carol because... The actor that played uh, original Carol left Friends because she wanted to be... Didn't she go on to be in another sitcom or something? So she wanted to be a series regular in a sitcom. She wanted to be like one of the Friends and she wanted to have her own shot at life. I feel like that didn't happen. Well, we don't all remember her, but the sitcom she went on to be in is called... Of course, it's the Jeff Foxworthy show. <laughs> oh God! Oh, older Carol. I do feel bad about that, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel good about giggling at it. To be fair to the Jeff Foxworthy show, it did run for forty odd episodes. Okay, is that more or less than Joey? Uh, oh, more, absolutely more. Well done to that show then. Air conditioning repairman Jeff finds himself a fish out of water living in Indiana with his sudden ways and humour. Eventually, he takes his family back to Georgia and reconnects with his eccentric relations. Um, well, I'm not sold on it, personally. Um, enough about Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah, I think we've probably exhausted that, haven't we? So Ross discovers Susan's been talking to the baby. He's livid. Uh, funny line alert, Bobo the sperm guy. That's very funny, isn't it? Yes, that is good. Um... Uh, Phoebe then Phoebe then proposes that of course the baby can hear you here's how we'll test it and she basically says if you put your head up this turkey (laughs) you'll be able to hear everything we say Uh, which is exactly what the baby's experiencing which just that's just a lovely little Phoebe moment isn't it yeah good Phoebe Uh, and then basically this entire storyline the rest of it is that Ross does go round starts reading to the baby feels very uncomfortable about it Carol says, oh, why didn't you sing to the baby? And he says, no, absolutely not, until Susan walks in. And then he immediately starts singing the theme tune from the monkeys, uh, at which point the baby starts kicking. And then, you're right, like you said, Pete, earlier, a nice little moment with the three of them where they all genuinely just look pretty content with the situation, you know? Yeah, they all just enjoy the fact that the baby's growing, and that's quite a nice little point to end this little bit on, isn't it? Agreed, Pete. Agreed.
Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, but we will. Uh, and there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers. So join us for Plenty, Plenty Questions. questions. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. So the rest of this episode is basically revolving around the Thanksgiving where, via one scenario or another, all the friends are present at the first the first Thanksgiving episode, this Pete. Yes, and I do think watching them all together in a group, and this must be one of the first occasions where they are for the bulk of an episode altogether. Yeah. Like, I do think it's really clear that they are a really great ensemble and it all just works really nicely. Yeah, it just fits, doesn't it? It all all works, the thing. You can imagine... It's weird watching it back now going, the first time this aired, it was a very unknown sitcom, nine episodes in. Is this going to be good or not? Yeah. But you can't imagine watching this and not just thinking, this really fucking works. Yeah, none of it feels like it's still sort of finding its feet. They all feel like they have quickly established personalities and it all it all comes together really well yeah we start in central perk uh with an appearance from terry who the hell is terry <laughs> you we've talked about this before and you forgot who terry was terry owns central perk but he we don't see terry for much longer than this do we one, if ever one more episode we see right, him. okay that's it uh, and then Gunther really takes over as the man who's the face of Central Perk, doesn't he? But, but Rachel asks Terry for an advance on her wages. Yeah. And he says, you're a terrible, terrible waitress. <laughs> really awful. And if anything, if anything, that brings your recruitment into question, Terry. <laughs> yeah. You're not the businessman that you think you are, are you, Terry? But he does say it in a way, like in a very nice way. Do you know what I mean? Like he sort yeah, of gets away with it. There. He doesn't offend her. She doesn't go away feeling like... Well, because she knows it's true, doesn't she? Yeah, she's a terrible waitress, isn't it? So Rachel wants to go skiing with her family. She's going around asking customers for advances on tips. Like, she's absolutely desperate for this. The interesting thing is, she only needs $100. 
Yeah, dead cheap trip, that is. Which I, I can't imagine where, yeah, as the budget shortfall goes, and I'm sure $100 were worth more in the mid-90s, but the way this thing resolves is all the friends chip in 20 bucks each, and I feel like, yeah. just do that in the first place, lads. That's another uh, really nice bit about this episode, actually, when she realises that her friends are paying for her to go skiing because she's been working her ass off at least trying her best on yeah. a low wage and can't afford it and so they pay her way and that's really it's nice. nice isn't it it's a really nice moment and uh also it's it's just i feel like this is one of the str- if, if i was watching this series from the start you know from the pilot i feel like this would be one of the episodes where it's like okay this is a fucking good show this makes yeah. sense this all clicks together and that moment where they're like check the mail check the mail you know and monica hits her over the head with the letter where yeah. there's a hundred dollars hidden in it um so rachel eventually doesn't end up going skiing with her family but she wants to which is why she's asking for tips meanwhile ross discovers the gellers are off to puerto rico for thanksgiving and joey uh in the initial cold open before the credits announces he's becoming a model for an as of yet unknown disease he comes in in a full face of makeup doesn't he joey's foundation is very pale like he looks he looks like Elizabeth the <laughs> First. He does. He, yeah, absolutely. Cause, uh, initially, I watched it because Chanda makes my instinct said was an off-colour joke about you looking. He said I'm actor slash model, and Chandler goes, "It's funny. You remind me of Joey Tribbiani, man slash woman." Yes. Which feels a very like mid '90s joke. Oh, uh, you know, not very relevant to the fact that men actually can and do regularly wear makeup. But you apply your point, aka the makeup is. Really pantoy, isn't it? It's proper. Really not subtle. Very no. Tudor. Yeah, it's a very Tudor look. You're quite right. It's it's surprising that Joey's turned up in that full face of makeup to a to a casual social event, isn't it? It's the flushed cheeks. Isn't it? <laughs> he's he's been rouged. I can't go outside. I'm too fair. <laughs> so um, at this stage, again, Joey's off to spend Thanksgiving with his family. Rachel's going to spend it with her family skiing. It's only really Ross and Monica and then Phoebe who joins their Thanksgiving because uh, she has this... It's a, Again, I think a classic early days Phoebe being quirky thing. Something to do with someone being lunar, is it? Yes, I am spending Thanksgiving with my grandma and her boyfriend, but not till December because he's lunar. <laughs> Uh, which is like an absolutely classic Phoebe being quirky, isn't it? Rachel needs $100. She's down to 98 And then at one point, she's back up to 102 because she breaks a cup. Yes. That's quite mean, isn't it? It is quite mean of, of old Central, Terry. Of Terry. Like, what are you playing at, mate? You're charging your low-paid waiting staff... For broken cups. For broken crockery. That's mad, isn't it? Um, and then we get on to the end. Yeah, like you said, the very sweet moment where they all chip in. Meanwhile, Chandler... I mean, we hear this is the first time we really hear about Chandler's hatred of Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes, and Chandler seems like quite a different character at this point. Like he's quite like a he's quite like a cool guy. Mm. Like, his hair's slipped back. He's dressed a bit better. Like he looks he looks like a very different type of Chandler. To this doesn't look like a Chandler that would wear sweater vests. No, he's a very aloof, cool, calm, collected vibe, isn't he? Um, he sets up the fact that he hates Thanksgiving because of his, that's when his parents told him. They were getting divorced. Joey, like we say, has decided to become a model. He doesn't know what disease he's going to get yet. Uh, of course, we come on to the hilarious reveal that the disease is VD. Yes. Uh, he is the face of 
a very aggressively marketed VD <laughs> campaign, isn't it? It's on a poster in the window of a chicken wing restaurant at one point. Yeah, it's everywhere, isn't it? In fact, it's so everywhere that a couple of episodes later, you know, the episode where Phoebe and Monica are uh, tending to the guy in hospital in the coma. Remember that? Oh, it's still, isn't it still in the background? Yep, still in, st- yeah. you still see the poster around New York City. I feel like I want to plant a flag in the Joey having VD storyline problem, okay? Okay. So Joey meets a woman at the subway station. He chats her up very successfully, like absolutely great moves from Joey. You know, he's living up to his sort of... Uh, Flirtatious reputation, yeah. yeah. Right, Absolutely. And she stands up and she bolts immediately because she sees the poster, right? Yeah. First problem, who would see the poster and think, that means this man has VD, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. we're all aware of the concept of models and actors, aren't we? Uh, yes, especially someone who, isn't she herself a sort yes. of actor? Yes. Well, well, so interestingly, in IRL, she is a very, she's the face of like new, a number of famous perfumes, apparently. Yes. But even in Friends, she is she's the obsession girl, I think it is. She works at the store spraying obsession around and blah, blah, blah. So she, it feels odd that she doesn't go, oh, <laughs> funny that you are the face of VD. Yeah, you'd think she'd just have a laugh with it. Yeah, almost be like a good flirtatious, like, I hope you don't have that in real life. We get past her, but then Joey ends up not going to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because his family... Because his family think he has VD. Right. his family think he's absolutely riddled. Two problems. therefore contagious. One, Joey should be able to explain to his family that it's not real. I'm an actor, you know, yeah. and I'm on a campaign and I've been paid handsomely to be the face of VD around the city. Two, even if they believe he has VD, <laughs> it's famously only transmitted via sexual intercourse, and therefore, why wouldn't he be able to see his family? Well, it is friends, so perhaps they do fear a bit of sort of inter-family <laughs> relations. You know how um, Joey is the face of VD? Yeah. Have I told you that I'm the voice of coronavirus? What? I... <laughs> You've absolutely um, not told me that. And also, why have you not told me that? So at um, the radio station that I work for... The BBC. Uh, I am the voice of the um, coronavirus like health advice, public health messages. What? Um, in fact, maybe I've got one on my phone somewhere. 100% play at me immediately. Rules say you must not meet people you do not live with in Hello. a private house or garden, unless you're in a support bubble with them. Etc. 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 Basically, I am coronavirus. Oh my god! What yeah. Mario isn't telling you? Which would you rather be, the voice of coronavirus or the face of VD? Oh, the voice of coronavirus. Yeah, you've, you've got a much better deal there, right? I thought so too. Yeah. Joey ends up stuck in New York because his entire family are worried. What he might accidentally have sex with them all and, and yep. infect them with VD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He starts demanding a certain type of potatoes. Tater tots is his, isn't it? Right, I googled those. To be fair, worth demanding because they do look great. What are they? Almost like fried roast potato. I don't know. I don't know what the process for making them is, but they look. They do look great. Sold. Ross's demand was mashed potato with lumps because that's the really way weird. His mum used to do it. Then that that's just because Judy's just not very good at making mashed potato if that's how she makes it. Absolutely. Fucking fuck off to Puerto Rico, mate, if you yeah. can't make potatoes, right? Should be smooth. And Well, which is as Phoebe likes it. She can... I mean, 
That's not that's not like a specific request. It should Monica shouldn't see it as unreasonable that Phoebe would like smooth mashed potato. No, that's regular. That's fine. But the method by which Phoebe makes the mashed potato, I would argue, is excessive. How does she do it? Does the she electric do it like- whisk. <laughs> I don't remember that. Does she say that? In the she's, episode? she's got a double electric whisk that she's whipping the potatoes with. Well, when you first start and the potatoes are quite whole and hard, yeah, that 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 could be really difficult. I would say give so. you a black eye. Yeah, right. A lot of problems there. I mean, I've never made mashed potato with anything but a masher, right? Mm, yeah. Are you are you Americans? Classic classic fwiff asking the Americans for advice here. Are you Americans whisking your potatoes? I also do like Monica's giant lump of burnt mashed potato that she lifts when she's yeah. distressed. But uh, the question there, how's mashed potato got burnt? Well, there's a lot of problems with this, and I think we'll probably come on to it, won't we, when we get to the fact that they come back. But the ultimate problem with the whole episode timeline-wise is for a roast dinner to go from being on track to... <laughs> So so burnt, it's completely, (laughs) like, impenetrable, never mind edible. They must have been waiting outside for hours. Yeah. Like, hours. Not, in my head, it's like half an hour, you know? And that is not enough to, A, burn a turkey, B, have the entire mashed potatoes turn into a giant black lump, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if you were going up to the roof, you'd knock it all down to two, and you'd just chuck it on a very low light, wouldn't you? Their whole motivation for going upstairs is to see the, well, what is essentially a dog blimp, isn't it? It's a giant balloon, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I, again, I worry that this is a... I don't want our man that wrote, oh, this guy doesn't know anything about New York, but it's, it's maybe this was a thing that everybody was obsessed with in the 90s, you know? Do you know what um, what mashed potato makes me think of? Badger and Badger? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent. I like how you said that, as if it was blatantly obvious. As again, this will this will displease our global audience to some extent. But well, why don't you just play the Bodger and Badger theme tune for us briefly? Should I do that? Yeah, the first two lines explain it all. What a banger. Everybody knows Badger likes mashed potato. Bodger and Badger is a kids' TV show with a man called Bodger who's friends with a badger. No, hang on. Who's the who's the mouse though? Isn't Oh, it's the mouse Bodger. Oh no. <laughs> the what? mouse is called the mouse is called Mousy. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say there's definitely a man called Bodger and a badger called Badger, right? So Simon Bodger. <laughs> That's such. They've worked back so much there, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I have a badger. So what we call the guy, uh, Bodger. Um. So there's a badger who is called Badger who loves mashed potato, and then uh, his owner. Yeah. Housemate. <laughs> Housemate. His landlord. His, the landlord his, Bodger. His landlord Simon Bodger, and then they have another friend, um, who's. Uh, a talking mouse, right? Who and lives is the on land- the floorboards? Is the mouse ta- is the mouse paying rent like Badger? Is he a lodger or is he just um, more of a, a pest? Oh, mouse is mouse is female actually. Um, how sexist of me! Wikipedia says she and Badger are great. <laughs> <laughs> she and Badger are great friends. Um, 
Yeah, there you go. So mashed potato reminds you of Bodrum Badger. Yeah, that's what I was Understandably, yeah. totally. So back in... Should we go back to Friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want. Uh, at this point is the point that Underdog gets away, isn't it? Yes. And we have the infamous got the keys moment. Yes, it's very much flagged in advance, this problem, isn't it? Because Monica says it and then the door quite emphatically slams shut, doesn't it? Which, like, I feel like this is almost not worth us discussing because this will be the most discussed topic in Friends history, probably. The fact that this entire plot line is based around the fact that the door would automatically lock, wherefore the following ten years and the previous eight episodes, the door famously doesn't automatically lock because the social boundaries of this group are such that anyone can and does walk into the apartment carefree uh with no sense of sort of personal security or real just politeness you know which brings us on to joey and chandler's massive drawer full of keys apparently which doesn't seem like the sort of thing that joey and chandler would have no too organized by their standards like so like hundreds of keys we're led to believe they have so many keys it takes them However long, like as we discussed earlier, like maybe hours to find the right key, by which time the turkey is so burnt, the potato is a black blob. And um, the flat is filled with smoke. I just don't believe that Chandler and Joey have enough people in their lives that would give them a key to have that many keys, right? And then obviously in the in the moment to the build up of them opening the door, Monica has that sort of mini breakdown, doesn't she, where she's like, I'm just trying to make this good and you're all being pricks, understandably. 100% on Monica's side there, I'd say. Everyone's getting a bit aggy. Rachel, again, timeline issues. Rachel's plane has left. Yes. By the time... she, So she hadn't even left the apartment to get there two hours early to check in and sort of board the plane. So between them going up and then getting back into the apartment, that must be at least three and a half hours because the two-hour window, the the plane leaving, like, the plane has taken off. She must have been cutting it fine already. Uh, everyone sulks, and then it takes uh, Ugly Naked Guy to bring the mood back up, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Um, quite a wholesome sort of scene, despite the fact that he, he's ugly, naked, and bending over to get a turkey out of the oven. Yeah, yeah. Again, the classic, is it okay that Ugly Naked Guy is even a thing in the sitcom? But he's got company. It's, I'd say probably the only time... Maybe until Ross goes naked with him in the apartment that we ever hear about him having company. Yes, that's true. You just don't imagine ugly naked guy with company in that apartment, do you? And then we get that sort of wholesome ending where they're all eating cheese on toast or cheese toasties with tomato soup, which was sort of Chandler's non thanksgiving version of dinner, you know? Special mention for Ross's wool jumper, by the way. It's sort of it sort of looks thicker than a sleeping bag that you take up Everest. It's it's very, <laughs> very thick. Very warm and cosy. Uh, a bit too cosy for inside a flat, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. The heating must be on at this stage, right? Really enjoyed the line when they split, so they split the cheese toasty, which is like splitting the wishbone. Yeah. And Joey wins, and he gets the bigger half. And the joke is, what did you wish for? And Joey says, the bigger half. Yes. It's such a, like, it's such a, beautifully written Joey moment, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Such a good gag, such a, like, insight into Joey's brain where he's unable to think of anything he wants past the immediate 12 seconds ahead. 
I just think that yeah, it's it's a really it's just the the way the whole episode rounds up is really nice and wholesome and 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 warm, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really good one. And then we get the uh, post credit roll where Joey's ripping the bottom off the posters until he gets to winner of three Tony Awards. Yes, with his with his face above it. Uh, but yeah, I'd say on the whole, great episode. This great episode, and Nick, that is exactly why we waited a whole six months. We yeah. just we knew it was a good one, so we thought we'll save that one for the penultimate episode because it's really good. Which only begs the question, Pete: What episode? is worthy of the season finale of season four of Friends with Friends. Um, exactly. We don't know yet. No. Because we, we haven't picked it. Because no. we wouldn't want to tell you too far in advance. Uh, someone did message us actually this week saying, having done the second worst episode of all of Friends, could you finish the season with the absolute worst episode of Friends? Which is the absolute worst? Well, their claim was the one where Chandler doesn't like dogs. Okay. Because didn't we, on an episode with Will Manning, establish that his chosen episode was absolute shit? The one with the joke. Dreadful. I yes. said that's my personal least favourite episode of all the Friends. Should we do a poll on Instagram and Twitter, that sort of thing? Yeah, Seems, let's let the people like the decide, Dave. Would you like us to finish the season with the the one of the worst episodes of Friends, apparently, or with a potentially good episode of our choice that someone's requested? I'm just Googling which is the worst episode of Friends. So according to IMDb... Yeah. The worst episode is the one with the invitation. Okay, so it's a clip show, which is fair. And that was the one that I think that got the lowest viewing figures of all the friends we established when we when we covered that. And I'd say yeah, it's it's fair that the clip shows are really low down. Why don't we put some uh why don't we put IMDb a li- a couple of IMDb's worst ones that they claim on a Twitter poll and people can vote and we'll do the shittest one the shittest episode that's not a clip show I think that's important right yeah okay let's do that okay well you're in charge of the socials mate so it's all on you okay okay I don't even have to log into Twitter anymore <sighs> do you not no no I deleted I could slag the- you right off deleted the Twitter app mate oh and therefore lost all privileges oh well. Bye. Bye. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.